0: It's great being here this morning with you. I have mixed feelings. When Chris invited me to speak and he says, Hey, it's going to be Hawaiian shirt. And I said, Great, I'll do it. Because usually I speak two to three times a week at another church and I speak regularly there. But I'm so glad. And I told my wife, if they wear Hawaiian shirts every week, we're coming. (laughs) Did you know that this is the first Sabbath in my ministry? that I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt to speak for an 11 o'clock hour. First time. I've been in the ministry quite a long time. And you know what? I feel so comfortable that I might speak to five (laughs) o'clock because my next appointment is at seven o'clock and I got to speak out of school at seven o'clock. So I got some time. So, you know, if I go over and you want to go, just take off. My wife will be back. My wife will be standing in the back with a baseball bat, hitting you if you leave. All right. Thank you for the wonderful music, piano player, the praise praise band. I think when my Lord comes, I'm going to ask a special request. You know what my request is going to be? I'm going to say, oh Lord, please, 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 please let me sing in a praise band. Not only that, but I want to play an instrument. Maybe the piano and I'll relieve you, my brother. I'll play. And maybe I'll play the organ and piano at the same time. I am just not musical. All I know about a piano is that it has black and white keys, that's all I know. I don't know which is A, B, C, or even F, G, I don't know what it is all about. In fact, I sing so bad that even the devil flees when he hears me sing. Did you know that? I travel quite a bit in my ministry. And so when I travel by myself, I sing. And let me tell you, I sing loud because I want the devil to flee from me and I, I want to reach my destination. So I really sing. And you know when I drive 45 miles an hour, You know what I sing? I sing, God will take care of me, because he will. When I'm driving 55 miles an hour, I sing, guide me, O great Jehovah. When I drive 65 miles an hour, I start singing, nearer my God to thee. (laughs) When I'm driving 75 miles an hour, and sometimes accidentally my foot gets a little heavy, I start singing, nearer my God to thee. Then when I go 85, when I'm really in a rush, when I'm late for an appointment, I start singing, this world is not my own. (laughs) Then when I go 95, if I look back and I don't see any black and whites behind me, I sing, Lord, I'm coming home. (laughs) And when I go 100 miles an hour, now I hope none of you folks have ever done this, but I've gone 100 miles an hour once or twice. And you know what I start singing? Precious memories. (laughs) These are the songs that I sing to flee the devil from me. But as I look over the audience, I know many of you come from different backgrounds. And you know, God has given us all different talents. And I've done my research. and You know what I found? I found that when I found certain songs that different people like. And you know, I found that when a dentist sings, you know what he likes to sing? The dentist loves to sing, crown him with many crowns. (laughs) You You know what I'm saying? Crown him. Yeah. Do I have to explain, not crown, but you know, the weather TV man, channel five, you know, channel seven, channel four. You know what they sing? There shall be showers of blessing. Yeah, the contractor, the church has one foundation. All you contractors, that's your favorite song, I bet. And the tailor, any tailors here? You know what they sing? They sing holy, 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 not holy, W. You know, hose, holy, holy, holy. That's what they sing. The golfer. There is a green hill far away. A golfer sings that. The politician. Standing on the promises. Is that right? You got that? No. You got that, brother? The ophthalmologist. Open my eyes that I may see. Yeah, isn't it true? The IRS. All to thee. <laughs> the gossipers, and I hope there's none here, but the gossipers, you know what they always sing? Pass it on. <laughs> and the electrician. Oh, good, good electricians. I need electricians. You know, we all need electricians. The electricians sing, send the light. And the last one, the shopper. Sweet by and by. Not bye bye, Buy Bye bye and bye. In this world today, we all have choices to make. We all have choices to make. And we've got to be very careful. And young people, you've got to make a choice today. As young as you are, you have a choice to make. A boy Richard reminds me of Samuel. When Samuel was small, his mother took him to the temple and dedicated Samuel to the Lord. And says, Lord, this is my son. Please take charge and use him to the fullest extent. And you know what? God did, didn't he? God used Samuel, and Samuel became one of the greatest Bible individuals that we have in the Old Testament. Richard was the same way. When Richard was born, his mother took him to church and brought him to the altar, and the pastor anointed him and says, Lord, bless Richard. Help him to be a great preacher. And the mother just hoped someday that Richard would become a preacher. She sent him to church school, and I remember the mother told me that when he was in school, he was always a bright light in the classroom. And Linda, you taught many years. Don't you have some students that are outstanding? Some students that are really bright. Some students that you say, oh, this kid's going to go places. And Richard was like that. He was going places. Richard was smart. Richard was intelligent. Richard was well built. And Richard was very, very athletic. All the qualities I wanted when growing up in school, I never had. But Richard had it all. And all the kids actually followed him. From day one, everybody said Richard was going to be great. And Richard was a wonderful individual. He studied his Bible and he told his mom, Mom, I want to become a preacher when I grow up. And his mother was just overjoyed with the success that she had. And she said, well, Richard, we dedicated you so that you can become a preacher and may God bless you. You know that? And who knows? Maybe some young person in this church will become a preacher and God's going to bless you. And Richard wanted to become a preacher. And he says, Mom, someday I'm going to be in the pulpit and I want to preach. Richard was very athletic. When he was in junior high, he was top of his class as an athlete. He was top of his class in academics. He was a best in math and a best in spelling and a best in arithmetic. You name it. He was a best in all disciplinary areas. When he became a freshman in high school, same thing. Top of the class. Everybody looked up to him and says, Oh, Richard, you're so wonderful. It's great. But Richard had a habit every day after school, him and his friends would go down to the basketball court during basketball season and shoot hoops. During football season, they go to the park and they play football. Soccer season, they'd kick balls after school in the park. One day during basketball season, a man came up to Richard and says, Boy, I've been watching you very carefully. And he says, not only today, but I've been watching you for the last year. And I notice you're very, very athletic. And Richard says, well, praise the Lord. The Lord has given me this talent. And this man says, Richard, I want to make you a deal. And Richard says, well, what do do you want to make me? And he says, Richard, I want to make you a deal. And you know what the deal is? I want you to come to my high school. I'm the coach of the public high school. And it was a large high school. I want you to come and I want you to be on my team playing all different sports." And he says, we're practicing football right now and I saw you play football after school and I know you have the talent. I can spot a talent no matter where you are. And Richard, I want you to come and play football for me. And you know what Richard said? He says, oh, no, no, I'm happy as I am. I love my church school. It's a Seventh-day Adventist church school. I love it. But this coach was smart. And this coach, you know what the coach told him? Richard, just think, college is so expensive. Isn't that correct? College is so expensive. After high school, you've got to go to college, and it costs thousands of dollars per year. If you come to my high school and play football for me, I can almost guarantee you that you'll have a full scholarship. And guess what? Your parents don't have to worry about money. You can go to any school you want. You can get a football scholarship, and you can play football. And Richard started thinking and things started rolling in his head and he said, oh boy. So he went home and he talked to his mom and dad. His mom, dad, I was offered a scholarship, not a scholarship yet, but I can, I can always be guaranteed for a scholarship. And just say, if I went to church school, I wouldn't have this. But if I go to public school, I'll have this scholarship and you don't have to worry about my future education at all. It'll be all taken care of. The mother was kind of sad. But said, Richard, you're old enough. You can make the decision yourself. You can make the decision yourself. So Richard prayed about it. And he tossed and he turned in his sleep and said, what should I do? What should I do? And he rationalized. You know what he said? Just think, if I go to public school, I can be a light in the public school, leading people to Jesus. Isn't that correct? Not only that, but I can be a light, I can be an example for Jesus, I can be his disciple. Not only that, but I will alleviate my parents of what? Of the tuition, of the high cost of school. And so Richard finally made a decision. I will go to public school. I will become the best disciple that Jesus ever had in public school. And he went, and sure enough, When he went to public school, he started on a football team. He started on a basketball team. He started on the soccer team. And he was very, very popular in this large public school. And Richard started working, studying hard. He was top of his class. And he, sure enough, when he became a senior, when he became a senior, he was offered a full scholarship to one of the universities. And he says, oh, man, I really would like to go to college and really expand my knowledge and Expand my wisdom. Somebody came up to him one day and says, Richard, I want to make you a proposition. I want to make you a deal. And he says, what is a deal? The deal is, why don't you take off one year and make some money. And then you can just live it off for one year and then go to college the following year. How's that? I got a proposition for you. And this man says, you know what I want to do? He says, I would like to open a little drive-in uh taco stand and we'll name it Richard's and we'll put it right by the high school because you're so popular all the kids will come and so and and, and patronize after school and we'll make good money and you can have extra money to, to go to college and Richard says yeah I guess I can wait one year to go to college so he waited one year and he opened a little taco shop and it was called Richard's and sure enough All the kids came after school, they came during lunch hour, they came during the weekends, and it grew. And Richard said he had a lot of money. He had a lot of money, and he could spend what he wanted to. Then the individual says, I got another idea. What is it? He said, let's open up a gambling joint behind of the taco stand. And they got to go through the taco stand in order to go to the place where they can play cards and gamble. And Richard said, hey, it's a good idea. And Richard said they opened up a little shop behind the taco stand next door to where they had their shop. And they made a secret door. And when, when kids from college or from the school and from college, even college kids came. And they says, hey, what is a secret word? They had a secret word. They had a secret word. And they went into the gambling place. And he started gambling. And the people started gambling. And Richard said he made so much money. He didn't know what to do with it because he couldn't put it in a bank because if you put so much money in the bank cash, they get suspicious. So Richard said he had shoeboxes, and in the shoeboxes, he had 50s and 100s only, and he just packed it up in his closet. And Richard said, I bought myself a Monte Carlo. You know what a Monte Carlo is, a little Chevy? And he says, man, I, I had the best car in campus, the best car in the, in, in, in the city. He said, I push a button, and the Monte Carlo would bounce. You ever seen those cars? They bounce when you drive. Come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. Girls, you don't know what I'm talking about. And when I push the button, the car would go up. I push the button, the car will go down. You know what I'm saying? And so Richard says, man, I am so happy. And Richard said, hey, I had so much money that I didn't know what to do with it. Can you imagine that, guys? I had so much money, he said. I didn't know what to do with it. I bought anything I want and everything I wanted. And he says, it was great. It was great. Richard had the prettiest girl in, in town. He could get the prettiest girl, and he got the prettiest girl. And you know, when the, prettiest, when the prettiest girl went out with him, he would say, jump, and she would say, how high? You know, you women, you got to learn that. When your man tells you jump, you say, how high? You know what I mean? Richard said, man, when, this, when I told my girlfriend to jump, she would say, how high? Anything I wanted, she'd give me. And he said, one night, they were out. And they were in a bar and they started drinking and he said it was about one o'clock in the morning. I got tired. I got very tired. And he says, I wanted to go home. And then he said to his girlfriend, let's go. I'm tired. Let's go home. You know what she said? She said, no. The first time anybody ever told him no. And he looked at her and he said, let's go home. And you know what she said? No. She said no the second time. And he was furious. Not only that, but she said no in front of all his friends. Made him look like a fool. He was angry. He was upset. He went into his car in his money collar and he opened up his glove compartment and he always kept a small thirty-eight revolver in it. He put that thirty-eight in his pocket and he went in there and he looked at his girlfriend again and he said, Let's go home. You know what she said? No. You know, you sweet girls. No. (laughs) He was so angry. And all of his friends looked at him. And they wondered, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? And you know what he did? He says, nobody tells me no. He pulled out the little 38. And he put the hammer back. And he pressed the trigger once, twice, and three times into this beautiful girl and killed her on the spot. He dropped the gun and he took off and he went home. An hour later, guess what? heard a knock on the door and said, this is the Los Angeles police department. Come out. And he came out. And Richard was charged with first degree murder. And during that time, between the incident and the trial, it takes a long time in a legal system. I visited him once a week in jail, once a week. And you know what he told me? He says, Pastor, I blew it. I blew it. He says, you work with young people. Tell the young people, don't listen to the devil. I blew it. I could have had a whole future ahead of me, but I blew it. And he says, please tell the young people. That we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Isn't that correct? That we fight in this world with the devil. And the devil has power, more power than me, and he can control me. If I was to make you an offer this morning, and I would say, hey, I want to make you folks an offer. And Bill and I got it, got together, and and you know, Bill, I, I, I convinced Bill to give to do something that I wanted to do. If I was to tell you folks in this church right now, and I'm, this is just a supposition, don't 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 do what I say, but just a supposition. Just listen, okay? If Bill and I says, hey, Bill will support me, and I'll make the decision that if you come Monday morning, if you come Monday morning at nine o'clock at this church, Bill. And I will give you, through Bill's bank account, $5,000 in cash. Right, yeah, which bill? Is bill, uh? yeah, okay, Bill. He's, he waved. He said, okay. Bill said, okay. $5,000 in cash. $5,100 bills. If you come 9 o'clock, brother, we'll give you $5,000. I'll give you $5,000. me, excuse me. Bill will give you $5,000 Monday morning, 9 o'clock, right here in church. You'll be there. How many of you? Now I want everybody. Hey, come on, wake up! Some of you folks are not listening. Some of you guys are thinking about potluck in the afternoon or eating or your date, your date tonight or so. I don't know. But hey, listen. If Bill was going to give you five thousand dollars in cash, fifty-one hundred dollar bills, Monday morning at nine o'clock, if you are here on time, how many would come? Beautiful. Put your hands down. Put your hand, brother. You get ten thousand because you stood up with two hands. <laughs> Sit down. Now, Bill will do that. Bill will do that. And I think I I can convince Bill. But Bill and I will have a stipulation, two stipulations. Okay? First stipulation, if you come, we'll give you the $5,000, but you've got to spend it before 9 o'clock at night. Can you do that? All you women, I can see you guys smiling already. (laughs) I don't know, guys, you got to control your wife because, man, I see them blow glowing. I mean, I, I can see the, the beauty coming out. How many of you women and guys can spend $5,000 within 12 hours? Let me see Oh, man, well, don't raise it so high, lady. You almost got out of your seat. You know, but can you imagine that? There's a first stipulation. 12 hours, you can spend $5,000. You can buy anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. You can give the money away. You can put it in a bank. I don't care what you do with it. But you got to get rid of it in 12 hours. The second stipulation that Bill's going to make is at nine o'clock, when I give you the money, at nine o'clock, you shall die. Monday, your last day of life, how many would say? <laughs> Not a hand went up. Why? Because it's not worth it, is it? Bill, you're saved, Bill. You're saved. It's not worth it. But this is what the devil does to us today. Did you know that? The devil says, hey, I will give you the pleasure of life. I will give you anything you want. I will give you a lot of things. But at the end, you die. You die for eternity. But you know what my God says? My God says, hey, you follow me. And at the end of life, I will give you eternal life. You know that? Die or eternal life. Which are you gonna take? What are you gonna take? What are you gonna take? It doesn't take a genius. Now, my IQ is very low. In fact, you know, when I took an IQ test, it would below the chart. But my you know, my my idea is hey, I take eternal life. I listened to Sabbath school, brother. Thank you for your Sabbath school lesson. You said we came into this world with nothing, and you die when you die from this world, you get nothing, right? So in between, we death and life, and then you die. So you got two two moments in between. And guess what? You come into this world with nothing, you leave this world with nothing. So it's in between that counts. Isn't it correct? In between that counts. It's in between that counts in your life today. What are you going to do? Who are you going to choose? Joshua says, choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. Either you're going to serve Jesus, or are you going to serve the devil? Choose today. Who are you are going to serve? A couple weeks ago, I had two funerals, two separate funerals on the same week. One was a physician. He was a Seventh-day Adventist physician. I knew him very well. And he was a Seventh-day Adventist. And he was such a great individual. He was a great individual. And when he died, he made a mark. He could write a book on his life on positiveness. The second funeral I had the following day was a lady. She got pregnant when she was in the sixth grade. Did you know that? I did the funeral. And after I did the funeral and everything was all said and done, and it was a hard funeral to do because I didn't know what to say or how to say it, because she was an alcoholic, she was a drug addict, and she was not a Christian. She did not know the Lord. She didn't want to know the Lord. I talked to her, before her deathbed about the Lord, but she didn't want to know about the Lord. And you know, when all said and done, when they buried her, they did something at her funeral that I never saw before. After they put the flowers over the grave, after they did all, you know, they covered up the grave and everything. You know what the family did? The family each got a can of beer and they poured it over the grave. Can you imagine that? How sad, how sad. You've got a time of your life when you're born and when you die. Choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. Are you going to serve my God? Are you going to serve the devil? The devil promises you a lot of good things. He will give you a lot of good things to distract you from the spirituality. But my God says, hey, come close to me and I'll give you the assurance of salvation. I'll give you the assurance that when I come again, I will take you home. Can you imagine a start but no finish? We can start a life in heaven and we'll live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Man, I'm looking forward to that day. All I can say this morning, personally, come Lord Jesus, come quickly.